Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In-store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. How are we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's March now. Isn't that fun? It is March. Yeah. Lousy smarch weather. Smarch weather. You can say that joke in this month. Mm -hmm. Which is, yeah, smarch. It's supposed to get really cold, isn't it? It's supposed to snow. Yeah. There's supposed to be two cold snaps coming. Maybe this weekend and then maybe the weekend after. It's already a bit cold again. Wales is going to get covered in snow. We might not get as much, though. But apparently winters are coming brilliant again again that's great it's not technically winter anymore is it it's, isn't it spring spring starts meteor- in march i think, I think yeah. it was like meteorologically spring on right. like last weekend mm. but then the the clocks go one way or the other spring in a few forward weeks in spring. is it forward yeah they go forward in a few weeks so mm-hmm. that's fun. Mm-hmm. I did think I was spending a little less on my heating bill this month, so it's uh, it makes sense. Mine tripled in price. How? Really? Why? <laughs> Don't know. Just did. Trip. Brilliant. Yeah. You need to have a word with your supplier maybe. or your partner who maybe has the heating. That's on. true. Where's he he on? is home all the time. Does he have an weed farm? Yes. Ah, oh, well, he if he does, me. he could pay the energy bill with you it. Yeah, check true. if he has an weed farm yeah. in the loft. Maybe he's making a loss on his weed share. farm because of the cost of energy. Share, share the yeah, weed, Yeah, maybe, please. yeah. Excellent. Well, this isn't a narcotics podcast, but it could be if you wanted it to be. Uh, <laughs> instead, it is a video game podcast, mm-hmm. and each and every week we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. Peter, you have the ad read in front of you now. Great news, everyone. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a video game coming out all in aid of rescuing tropical birds. Yes. Um, you know, there you gotta be you gotta look after those tropical birds. Um it's actually the World Wildlife Fund is is branding it. It's all affiliated with them. Oh. They've saved now twenty one, twenty two, twenty three of a certain kind of uh, tropical bird. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game is all about this 23rd one. It's sort of become the mascot um, mm-hmm. of the charity. Yeah. So coming soon, WWF Toucan 23. Brilliant. You play as the Toucan. Yeah. yeah. From the campaign. From the campaign, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and uh, you just, I don't know, fly around and eat fruit or something. 
with your big banana beak. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. are you like, are you, do you think the rescuers are trying to help you? Like, are you running to the rescuers or are you like... Maybe you're trying to rescue further toucans. 24, oh. 25, right, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 26 maybe. But mm. Potentially it could take up to a year to do that. Yeah. So Unless maybe you next really year. fail and then you have to take a couple of years off. Yeah, and, uh, that's come back. true. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to play as a toucan for the WWF charity, World Wildlife Fund, then you can do that. But you have to play as the 23rd toucan. That's so exciting. When's that out? Uh, next week, I think. Is it? Oh, the week after. Blimey. Uh, something like that. That's exciting. Early March. Um, it, except it's not, it's not real. Oh. God. Got Gosh good. darn it. I love Sorry. WWF and charitable organizations. Yeah. Mm. And I bloody love toucans. Mm. Bloody love toucans. Two can play that game. Yeah, good can one. They, is it two player? That would be the strap. Is it, yeah, is it two player? Um, yeah, yes, it is. I've decided. <laughs> or it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't see any spiders. Just no. Before no. We move on. So no Dead Island to the spider. No. Uh, never mind. Uh, we are of course sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreoncom forward slash team triple jump where for as little as one dollar per month you could submit questions to this podcast. We've got lots of other tiers available as well. Uh, you can support us an awful lot and get access to some cool things. Mm. Go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Peter Austin. Yeah. Do you have a question? It's from David Lever. Yes, I do. It's from David Lever. Hey, Obap. I've been playing The Pedestrian, a nifty puzzle platform where you play as the man or woman or off of the street signs, all done in the art style of different signages. It's a good game. It, have you played it? Mm. It sounds good. I've never... This has completely passed me by. I think I saw a trailer for it ages ago and then I just... Yeah. And then I never heard anything. They added it on Game Pass like last Ooh, year. Yeah. It's so pretty good. A lot of people should go. give it a go. Is yeah. it still on Game Pass? Yeah, I think so. Go play it. Well, David continues, it's great and well-reviewed, but I hadn't heard about it before I randomly stumbled across it in a sale. So, with that in mind, what's one hidden gem game you'd recommend? Something that people might not have heard about, but could easily get a hold of. Thanks, David. Thanks, Thanks David. David. Thanks, David. The problem with doing this podcast is that every hidden James, every James? hidden James game that mm. we've ever played, mm. we do talk about yeah. <laughs> on this podcast yeah. and say, "Hey, you should give it a go." I don't think many people have heard of it, mm. uh, but you know. And also, I my um, gaming tastes lately have been quite mainstream since mm. sort of PS4, PS5. I mostly just play a lot of stuff that everyone else is playing. Um, so most of my hidden gems that I'm aware of are from like back in the day, which again, we've talked about extensively. Yeah. Uh, however, I do have one that I've played, which is available on Steam for only £4.99. Bloody hell. Um, and it's a very relaxing uh, city builder-esque sandbox game. Um, there's no goal to it. And literally all you're doing is playing with, with blocks. I know what game you're going to yeah. say. And uh, it is super relaxing. And I mean, maybe doesn't have a lot of um, long-term replay value. Is it yours or is it ours or is it? No, it's not mine. It's mm. not Minecraft. Oh, okay. No, no, no it's, it's not that. Absolutely oh, not. Uh, it's not blocks like that. It's called Townscaper. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's also available on Game Pass. On Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. It's on Game Pass, Brilliant. so you don't even have to pay four pounds ninety-nine for it. Um, and the blocks that you are placing down are like a whole house. So if you imagine you're placing a house and it's mm. top down, it's sort of isometric. It's like a big like ocean. And it's just an ocean, empty ocean. Yeah. And then you pop down these blocks and you can change the colors to all the colors of the rainbow. So they're like nice kind of seaside town. You know, when you walk along a seafront in Britain and there's like all the different, it's like Balamori, mm. all the different colored houses, <laughs> okay. right? Um, and you just place them all down. And it's really clever the way that it works in that it's got this sort of dynamic 
thing where if you put certain houses together in certain shapes, it like pops them together and adds certain details. Mm. So if you place them in a ring, well, not a ring because they're cubes, a square um, with a hole in the middle, it will fill that hole with grass. So it becomes like a quad in the middle of, you know, like a university or something. Um, And like uh, houses that are one block away from each other, it will string um, washing lines and stuff between them. And And you can like build them up and then you can like, there'll be like bridges between two higher up bits that Mm -hmm. you can like put. It's really good. That sounds lovely. Yeah, it is very nice. There's another one coming out that's like a castle builder that's a very similar thing. And there's also one that I've recently had the demo for called Gordlets, which is like a little like pixel art town uh, very similar mm-hmm. um but there's like a train that drops off little dudes like little um they kind of look like the the stardew valley like what are they called you know the little little blob, jellies little jellies yeah yeah, yeah. they kind of yeah. like those and jellies. they're just wandering around they come to live in your town gorlets so check oh. it out on twitter it looks really good it's not out yet but yeah i follow the developer of townscape on twitter oscar stahlberg um and he quite often will like or retweet Mm. similar things that he's like the other indie developers are making it's an indie game i should say um and yeah i've seen the medieval one a few times that he's been retweeting and that looks really nice does it have chill build music um like, i don't think it has any music no, i think no? it just has, recall correctly, it doesn't have just like ocean sounds oh that does sound nice it is nice and when and you could load up a youtube video of the sims one well exactly that is what you could do mm-hmm. and when Shops. the town gets big enough you get a, a flock of seagulls that just sort of flies around and lands on rooftops and stuff and hmm. it's very nice that so, does uh, sound nice that sounds nice. really nice zen yeah uh, ashton i have a few because i didn't read the one so i have a few <laughs> okay. um but most of them i've probably i've talked about before but i feel like i don't hear many people talk about them um nobody saves the world was recently left game pass so you actually can't play that there anymore but you can play it on steam um and that's a good like two i think it's maybe up to four player but it might just be two player where you can um change into different animals and different creatures and they have different powers that you can use to fight against enemies and do dungeons and stuff and that's really good fun um I also really like Escape Academy, which is like an escape room game that I played with MB and that's multiplayer as well. And you can solve puzzles together and I think it's great. And also um, a game I've been playing on stream recently, people keep coming into chat and being like, hey, what's this? And I'm like, what do you mean what's this? It's called Tinykin. It's like a Pikmin style game where you're a little dude called I think it's, I don't know if it's Milodane or Milodane, but they never say it out loud. So however you you feel. And you can control these little dudes called Tinykin and they help you. Yeah. I identify as Tinykin. Yeah, you are. You named your stream after Tiny Peter, didn't you? Yeah, this Monday we got some, uh, I played on, I did Peter's stream and we got some new Tinykin and we called them little Peters, Tiny Peters, and they make bridges. That's what I would do if I was a kid. Build bridges, yeah. (laughs) And they do different things like one's into like electrical so you can, connect plugs and wires it's all like a big house and Mm. you're like little tiny and you're going around this like big like bedroom and then a bathroom and then like a kitchen and it's really good and i really enjoy playing it so much that i have to kind of really resist playing it outside of stream because i think i've got maybe one stream left of it now but i'm just like hey what if i just went home and finished the game (laughs) and didn't tell anyone that's the tough Um, thing about playing a game on stream yeah you're actually really into yeah i sometimes play two runs in parallel in fact i quite often do if it's a new game Mm. and i'm like i really want to play this Mm. I start at home, get like one stream's worth ahead, and I'm just playing the game twice. And usually I enjoy doing that. Mm. But yeah, I really like Tinykin, and I recommend it if you like Pikmin to give that one a go because it's really cute. So excellent. Mm. 
I've got a couple as well because I also ignored it. Uh, but <laughs> I will focus on Kentucky Route Zero, which I did talk about on the podcast at the time. Mm. That was released episodically. It is esoteric and very, very weird. And already I've kind of sort of forgotten what it's actually about. But mm. you will have a difficult time really following what it's about. Uh, it's set on the mystical, mythological, fictitious uh, Kentucky Route Zero uh, road. And it starts with you trying to find it and talking to some weird NPCs mm. um, who are all a bit odd. And then eventually you track it down and it's a bit, it's almost a bit control-esque in that it it's sort of populated by businesses and strange people who don't really know how long they've been there, but mm. it's this ever-changing, weird place. Uh, it's got a very interesting art style, almost like line art. I don't really know how to describe it, but when you see it, you'll know, you'll know what I mean. But it's got a really surreal sense of humor as well in that in one of these businesses that you go to, there's a floor that's just called bears and you, you come out on the floor and all the bears just turn and look at you until you leave. Right. It's, it's really weird. It's a very weird game, but it, it's, it's got some really interesting themes. It's the, it's a, it's a real like you, you'll play it and afterwards you'll feel like you're really clever, even though you actually have absolutely <laughs> you no feel like idea. really cultured. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll feel like you've, you've just played some art. Yeah. Um, mm. It's, it, it was a really weird game, really interesting. You can buy, I think there's the, like the TV edition, I think is what it's called for all of the chapters bundled together because they were released really sporadically. And I think there was a huge break in between some of them. Mm. Um, very odd game, very niche, but uh, that's that's a hidden gem I would consider that I just played after hearing literally one person whose opinion I respect say, oh yeah, play this, this was really interesting. And then I saw it on sale and I'm like, hell, why not? I'll give it a go. Mm. And you know what? Stop calling me London, England. I got a call from London, England this morning as well. Always a scam, isn't it? Well, mine wasn't actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't answer it, but I Googled it and I realized, oh, okay, I know who you are. <laughs> I might have to Google it as well. Uh, but yeah, Kentucky Route Zero mm. would, be, would be my choice. Is there any other ones that you, you wrote down you wanted to mention? Or I mean, I always talk about Oxenfree. I don't yeah. really know how, how hidden gem that is now because, I mean, most people probably haven't played it, but I feel like I talk about it all the time. <laughs> um, Golf Story is one that I've recently played. Mm -hmm. That's a smaller game. And uh, it's, it's very subjective, of course, but the entirety of the Wells Interactive back catalog yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are all hidden gems if you're up for, if you're in the right setting to play them, i.e. alcohol and lots of people. Mm. I was going to say as well, I just remembered, again, it, I don't know quite how hidden it is, but what was that? I forgot the name of it now. What's that Russian side scroller where you're that? Um... Oh, Atomic Heart. No. No. no so that's, mean... the, that's the new one, that's isn't it? I mean, where you play as the oh, Russian. Uh, I want to say Little Orpheus. Little Orpheus. Yeah. It's like Little Devil Inside. It's one of them. Little Nightmares. <laughs> yeah. One of those. Little, yeah, little Orpheus, Orpheus yes. I thought, was a little, a, a, a little surprise, a little treat. Yeah, that was, that was like, oh, oh, that's that nice. Was... I enjoyed that. Really you should also game. give p the pedestrian a go because it's pretty good. It's like a puzzler as well. Like mm -hmm. You've got to like, move signs to get to the right place to try and mm. help your little dude up. It's good. It's a good game. Nice. Well, it's... Oh. The heat machine has just kicked in. Mm. It's time to move on to something new, Ashton. Oh, yeah. Something we may not have done before. Oh, of course. How could I forget? It's time to talk about what we play in. Oh. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about the games what we have been playing. Peter, what have you been playing? Um, nothing new from me this week. Nothing exciting. Um, but I've 
played uh, a little bit more Clive and Wrench um, and the Atani bit. I was actually, I was entertaining family at my home uh, mm. for three, three or four days since the immediately following the last podcast. So I've only had a couple of days to actually play anything. Um, but I finished Dead Space oh. and I really enjoyed it and uh, it's great. And I'm glad that we're playing it on stream. Um and I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys think of the ending because mm. I'd forgotten actually how it ended, and uh, I was like, "Okay, yes, that is compared to uh, Callisto Protocol, it's mm. more satisfying." I'll just say. Did that. Did you ever so. watch the end of? No, the I'm still sad I missed that. I need to need to go check it out. I yeah, watch the vod. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Um, so I didn't have time to play any um, uh, flipping Hi-Fi Rush this week, uh, but that is probably the next thing I'm going to be focusing on, unless well. There's, there's stuff on the way. That's the thing. You gotta, you gotta get these, uh, get stuff played. Backlog cleared out. Get it cleared out in the window before yeah. you know mm -hmm. Resident Evil comes out and Jedi whatever else. Survivors in April. Jedi, yeah. So. WWF. Two can. Two can. Two can. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, same again from me this week. But I've, I've enjoyed it. I've played some Hi-Fi Rush mm -hmm. this week. I've kind of think I did the next two like sections of the game that I was missing. Um, well, not missing, but I hadn't done yet. And I'm thinking about two thirds of the way through now. I've got three or four of the codes that you need of six. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm enjoying That game's great. I really enjoy it. It's once I'd like put it down for a few weeks and then picked it back up again. I was like, how do I play this game yeah. again? Mm -hmm. But I'm still, once I got back into it, it was great. Um, played some more Minecraft and some more Disney Dreamlight Valley because I can't be tamed. And also I finished uh, Professor Layton and The Curious Village. I finished it on the Metro. Oh, that, nice. Um, nice. But the issue was that it was playing like the end cutscene and I had to get off the Metro. So I was carrying my DS around with me on my way, like <laughs> walk to work, scene. watching the cutscene on, mm -hmm. my, on my Nintendo DS. Did everyone Ooh. on the train clap? No, they didn't. I oh, wish they did. See, so. that's not yeah, fun, Yeah, it's it? sad. The All portable train. game systems should have a button that immediately freezes what's going mm -hmm. on because otherwise... You lose half of the fun of it being a portable console. Exactly. And also, um, at the weekend, we plugged the PlayStation 2 in. We finally unpacked like, the last set of boxes. Nice. And we plugged the PlayStation 2 in and also the iToy camera and played a bunch of iToy. Oh, my God. Like, your tweet. Yeah. Wow. We played yeah. for like an hour. Uh, well, not even that because Ben's arms got tired <laughs> after the first like game. <laughs> we did the window washing one and then we did a like ghost one. And there was a firework. Well, and I was having a great time. Mm -hmm. I was like a proper nostalgic hit of playing like the window washing one. And um, at one point, at the beginning, it asked you to like make some funny faces, like smile or sad and do a silly face. And so I picked up my cat and I put her in the camera. And it's just great. And I just every time it came up, it was just cracking me up. So nice. uh, and I'm probably going to play more of that this weekend. I've got family coming up and I'm going to be like, let's get the eye toy out. <laughs> you ready for eye toy? Family. Let's do it. See, that's what I needed when my grandparents were staying on the weekend. Mm. Just, you know, eye toy. Who cares about that NHS hip? Just get a new yeah. one. Yeah. When I'm cleaning windows. Yeah, exactly. It's great. 10 out of 10. That's what I played this week. Nice. I have played 10 Dates, <sighs> the oh. Wales interactive game. The most yes. Recent one. Yeah. They very, very lovingly sent us 
a code for that did, and about four of their other games, which we're very thankful for. Did you play it on your own or with friends? Yes. I played um, it with people, yeah. Wales Interactive Senpai noticed us and uh, they, they, did. They, they, did. Sent, they sent us a code for 10 dates, which is the one Wales Interactive game that I don't actually own. Uh, they offered to get us all, give us all the others, didn't they? And I, I, replied, and yeah, I was like, all. thanks so much for these, but already bought them we actually already have all of these. Uh, thanks yeah, so we're much. Yeah, we're actually big fans. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I played 10 dates. I uh, Oh, and actually I finished off... Um, Dark Knights with Poe and Monroe as well, mm. which was weird and <laughs> rubbish and didn't make any sense. And the acting was like all over the place. And so then going directly into 10 dates, the acting's like really good, like right. really genuinely believable, even yeah. though the premise is still a bit, you know, it's a bit cheesy. Uh, the first the five dates, the first one uh, was done during the pandemic. So it was all done over like Zoom calls. Yeah. And you played as a guy who checked in with his mate after each date. This time you can play as a man or a woman. <gasps> and uh, you basically are signed up for speed dating along with your friend, whichever one you don't pick. Mm. And you chat with lots of different people. And then depending on how you get on with them, you know, the, cho the only choices you make are basically conversation topics. And then depending on how you get on with them, you can ask them back for a second date and then a third date. And then it comes up with a suitably ridiculous end title screen thing, you know, like um, Abby and Jason uh, have have just adopted a dog. They can't wait to do something, something else. But the the actual example I want to tell you, but I can't because it's a spoiler, is so absurd that it it really made me laugh a lot. Uh, but the the acting and the writing is pretty flipping good, I must say, for a Wales interactive game. Which you know, I don't want to say that the bar is low, but I I actually was genuinely surprised by how convincing a lot of the performances mm. were in this game. I have a question. Yes, you pick the boy. Can mm. you date the boys? Mm, you can. I, that. I think you can date a boy. And the girls, can you date any? You, of the you girls? can date our girl. Yes, you can. I think There's you go one there. Girl, you go. You go there with the intention of dating people of the opposite sex. Right. But there is a same sex option uh, for each for each run. What Ashton really wants to know is, can you be the girl and date the mums? <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> nobody brought their mums. Is there mums. any milfs? Nobody brought their mums. <laughs> yeah. However, it did provide the opportunity on at least three occasions where we actually had to pause the game and have like an in depth conversation about. Would this be a red flag for you? Mm. You know, are they? Is this behavior strange or like, oh, I'm not feeling this is weird? Like, why? Why aren't you feeling this? It's, it was interesting. Is mm. there like one clear like good date like there was in five dates? Because in five dates <laughs> there was like four people who were who pretty insufferable, and then there was one character who was just generally like a nice, nice girl. I think Yaz from Doctor Who. They all have actually. Her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? I think <laughs> yeah, they all have their dates. positives and benefits depending on what you what you want. Some are definitely more obnoxious than others mm. in sort of a cartoonish way. And ultimately, you know, you're going into this game with your tongue firmly in your cheek. You know exactly yeah. what this kind of game is. But I was I think it's way it's at least twice as good as Five Days. <laughs> well, there you go. And, That's uh, the match. And, yeah. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Roll on, Mia and the Dragon Princess. I'm so excited. Which is their it next one. So weird. That they've been teasing on Twitter and it looks absolutely unhinged. I, I just love wait. that they keep teasing it on Twitter with just these most unhinged. She hasn't paid for her spring roll. Out of context what? clips of just <laughs> this this main character just scranning chocolate out of chocolate. a pocket or like yeah. spring. I just can't wait. I'm oh, it's so going to be so mental. It's uh, it's really good. Mm -hmm. Anyway, beyond that, uh, the main thing I've been playing is a lot of Gotham Knights. Mm. And, uh, you know, I said last week I really wanted to get to the point where I just had mindless objectives to do over and over mm. again so I could have some smooth brain time. Mm. I am well and truly in that and I'm having a great time. Nice. Wow. 
bearing in mind that for similar reasons, I really enjoyed uh, the Saints Row reboot, which was not a good game, but it, it just sort of came along at the right time where I was actually really enjoying doing something that wasn't too mentally taxing. Mm. And man, th this game is like really polished and I think it's really pretty as well, but it's not running at 60 frames, uh, which is a bit of a shame and it does stutter from time to time. But on the whole, this is one of those rare occurrences where a big game has come out and it's not a technical mess. It's just they've made some bad decisions right. in development mm. and that's why it's not reviewed very well. Um, I haven't played any of it in co-op. I have actually now started switching between each of the different characters because I don't think the game does a very good job of it explaining really that you don't have to pick one person and play th with them throughout. Right. And when I was looking up online, um, you know, I actually just searched on Reddit. Should I like be switching characters? And people were saying, oh, I switch every single night. Because the way it's set up is you've got the Belfry as your center of operations. Right. And every time you go out into the city, that counts as you going on patrol for the night. And there's the usual sort of tedious things like, oh, all the crimes have reset. You want to go stop loads of crimes again? And then mm -hmm. there'll be some actual story stuff to do as well. Um, and people were switching up who they were playing as each night. And I thought, that's a really nice approach. And also the the case files, which are the sort of more villain-centric ones, people had assigned case files themselves to the different oh, okay. uh, yeah. the different heroes. So like, oh, Robin faces off against this person whenever they're that. available, yeah. uh, which I think is a nice approach, especially considering you actually share levels between the characters. Right. You don't share blueprints which is how you craft better gear which is kind of annoying so you could be running around even though you're level 20 you could be running around with like level 7 gear until you next go outside as nightwing uh but i am again grain of salt because i'm in smooth brain mode at the moment i want a smooth brain game <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm genuinely really enjoying this i think it's a real shame that they decided to adopt this approach with the game it being that kind of not live service, but sort of taking elements of that where you've got your you've got the enemies have health bars and you hit them and numbers come off and mm. you've got the, the you've got the incremental gear and you go out and you do a lot of the same stuff over and over again before you can do the next main story. Um, but I think like the 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 quality of the acting is pretty good. The voice acting, the performances are good. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying the the story and the mystery of like who's responsible for Batman's death and what was he investigating. Mm -hmm. Don't know if they're going to land it, um, but yeah, on the whole, I'm liking it. I think some of the presentation of the superheroes is a bit weird because they're trying to I think make them all likable. But I've seen super gruff bad boy uh, who has died and come back to life. Uh, Red Hood dance twice now and uh, <laughs> he just that, likes to boogie he just loves to boogie he's so he's got so much trauma but he loves to dance he came back from the dead and he was like life's too short it's time to dance it's time to strut yeah, my stuff I didn't dance yeah. enough in my it's first it's time to life. strut yeah. my stuff so I can I can already predict the sort of reaction from the hardcore comic book crowd who are like this is outrageous how he would never dance how dare they uh, but it's actually and I sent a link to uh, Ashton earlier because you're interested in playing it mm -hmm. with, with YB if um, I can convince if him if you can convince him but uh, Gotham Knights is included in the latest Humble Bundle where you get oh. loads and loads of games for $30. Wow. So if you want in uh, on PC, that might be a way to do it. But yeah, I'm enjoying Gotham Knights and uh, it's, re oh man, it's just like some real switch your brain off entertainment. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm having a good time. Nice. I 
Ah, time for question two then, I think. Comes from Callum Anderson. Hello, BAP. Recently, upon chatting to a friend about gaming, we got to the subject of our do's and don'ts whilst playing. Perhaps wills and won'ts is more appropriate. And then Callum did put a lot more in and I cut a bit out because um, the, those were our answers. So Yeah, Callum uh, ended up giving we, such good examples. Yeah. We were like, like, oh, those are actually all, oops. <laughs> all um, of us. So if you're on Patreon, you can read the full question. But Callum, you're, you were too good. We had to cut it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my question for you three lovely people is what, some, what, are your, some, uh, what are some of your in-game do's slash don'ts slash wills slash won'ts? Much love from Cal Kiss Kiss. Cal Kiss Kiss. Thank you, Cal Kiss Kiss. Thank you, Cal. Um, so Cal mentioned Cal, Callum, Cal mentioned some <laughs> like Mr. Kiss Kiss. Yeah, some actual sort of in-game stuff, and then some stuff that was a bit more meta. So I brought a bit of both. Should we do all our do's first, and then do all our don'ts? Sure. If you like. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. All right. So my do's slash wills. Um, I will always uh, engage with, or almost always engage with stealth encounters. If I come up on a camp or something, mm-hmm. I actively thoroughly enjoy sneaking through the long grass and trying to like take everyone out choke them all out without raising the alarm i don't mind if i do raise the alarm i'm not going to reset it or anything but i will always go for my stealth kills in uncharted or in spider-man or whatever um something strange that i've talked about before this is a bit weird i always play unless i'm maybe replaying a game for like the third or fourth time i will always play according to in-universe logic so the only example I can think of immediately is that uh, in Spyro the Dragon, there is a, a secret level in the first world and you don't actually, you can actually open it straight away if you know to jump on the stepping stones, but you don't get told that until the third world. Um, so, and I always leave that first level. I leave it until I've been told, oh, if you jump on the stepping stones, you can unlock the secret level in the artisan's world. And I will always go back and then do it. Mm. And I do that a lot with games. Like if I'm playing through an RPG or something and I know I might I might know a password for a computer or something because it doesn't change from game to game. I wait until I found the note or something. Um, it's just a kind of immersive way of playing, I guess. Um, I uh, always enable subtitles. That's a sort of meta one, but I always play with subtitles yeah, on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will also, in a 3D platformer, for example, uh, I will always 100% levels before exiting. So um, when I was a kid, I would obviously just like grab what I can and then leave and then think I'll come back later. But if it's a collectathon and everything is available, you don't need some sort of ability and you have to backtrack uh, later in the game, I will grab everything I can, clear out the entire level. And then it means that I always end up just visiting one level, that each level once per per run, which is a bit sad in a way because... Um, you know, when you play those games when you was uh, when you're a child, you sort of hopping all over the you're rocking all over the world, mm. revisiting places, and you get to know it a bit more. But I'm I'm in and out in five minutes, and then on to the next one. But that's what I do. Ashton, what do you do? I always, or as much as I can in games, try to match my outfits or like character looks to the area that I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So when I played Horizon, I would like transmog that's the yes yeah um i would change the way that certain armors looked to match like the certain place that i'm in so if i was in like the kaja area 
I'd wear a Kaja outfit. If I was in the Nora area, I'd wear a Nora outfit mm. just so I could fit in. And also, more recently with Jedi Fallen Order, um, I've been changing Cal's outfits to match BD1. Like, they don't match together. Mm. They're like the father and son duo, That's and nice. they'd both be matching clothes. And also, I'd put them in an outfit that fit. So if it was in, like, the forest... Put him in green because he's in green the forest. Mm. And if he was in like the, the base, put him in white because he's in the base and then he fits in. Um, I would I do that all the time. And also I always latch on to a character in an like in an RPG or like an open world game. I'll always latch on to one character. And even if like someone else got something to say, I'll always go to them first to see what they've got to say. Mm. And just double like, have you got any extra voice lines I haven't heard? No. Okay, I'll come back later, see if you've got anything else to say. Mm. So that's what I will always do. Subtitles are always on, as Peter yes. said. Um, I will always usually look at accessibility stuff um, mm. uh, because... There are a lot of games now, Gotham Knights have done it for this as well, where you have to hammer X or hold X to interact with stuff. And I just like, I just can't be bothered. It's purely a laziness thing. If there's an option to change it to tap to interact with stuff, mm. that's that's what like you just press it once and then it does it for you. Uh, that will always be my preference. Um, when we get onto our, um, our don'ts as well, I, I, I'll mention this now. I normally if if it's a game that i'm like really excited about like horizon for you for example mm. where you're going so far as to like dress appropriately in each area <laughs> mm -hmm. i and i'm really trying to get into the into the experience i tend not to mess around with the settings too much like i, I try to play it as seriously as possible if that makes sense like mm. closest to the developer's vision mm. the further removed i get from that like in gotham knights the more i'm like huh Hold forward is auto sprint. Sure, just saves me saves me having to press L three. I suppose <laughs> um, I, I tend to mess around a bit more. Not well, it's literally because I don't care as much. But yeah. it's not that I don't care at all. Otherwise, I wouldn't play it. Obviously, um, one thing I always do is I will in games where I can be a stealthy character or a big burly smash everything character. I will min max. Is in I will either be full stealth. Or I will be full, run in and destroy everything yeah. with a with a blink of a blink of my eye, um, because you know going down the middle is not it's not any fun. Um, so yeah, th those are those are a few of my do's. Uh, I don't or won't craft consumables no. if I can do anything about it. Me neither. I do not want to be picking herbs and like using just stuff that you know. I have like oh three of these potions oh and if you use it you got two left oh you got one left oh if I have to craft health items because I really need them then I'll do that but you know if it's like buffs and like poison or bleed to apply to an enemy no thanks I'm all right um I don't if I can help it I don't like to fast travel in sort of there's not a specific point but maybe like the first act of a game like the first third um, if it's a massive game and it is going to take me flipping ages to walk to where I'm going to go, then I'll I'll do the odd fast travel. But I like to explore and like uncover the world initially, even if a game is saying, oh, you can fast travel to all the major cities, for example, in like an Elder Scrolls game. I would rather walk to uh, to those places on my, at least on my first couple of visits. Um, I won't use guides unless I'm literally banging my head against a wall in a puzzle 
um, and I've been there for 10 minutes and I'm like, I'm clearly just, I'm literally missing a piece of this puzzle. Like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but uh, I've not really, I don't think I've had to use a guide. Oh, I, I used a guide once recently for a puzzle in a game. I can't remember what it was. And then before then, I've probably not used a guide in a couple of years, I think. Um, I don't skip cutscenes hardly ever, even with a game that I've played over and over and over again. Um, I, I pretty much will watch cutscenes all the way through. And then I don't think I've ever possibly bought a microtransaction. I don't think I've ever microtransacted in a game, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. I think we were asked this recently, and my answer was, I never have. I don't know. Mm. Um, maybe maybe once or twice, but I, I don't think I have, really. No, I don't think so either. Um, I also don't craft things. Mm -hmm. Consumables or one-use traps. Nothing. Nothing. No thanks. I will forget that you're there. Mm -hmm. If you're not an active weapon in my weapon wheel, you're not getting used. Yeah. And I, I can't be asked. In like Horizon, I never bother to make traps. Everyone's like, oh, traps are so useful. No thanks. No thanks. I haven't got the, the skills to set those up and sort them out. Um, I also really, really hate when games make me have to modify weapons. And I never do that. Like if it's like, if you had an extra sight, you'll yeah. get zoom lens. No thanks. Just do it for me. Give me a good gun. I don't want to have to think about that because I'm stupid and I don't understand all these stats. Just give me a gun that I don't have to worry about. Um, I also never parry. Can't do it, so I don't bother. I just keep hitting, and if I die, I die. I just can't be bothered to, like, I don't know how to do it. I'm really bad at timing them. Similarly, I also don't combo attacks in anything because <laughs> I normally forget the combos or, like, the series of button presses I have to make to... I'll like latch combo. on to some early combos and then yeah. when I learn them in like act three, I'm like, I'm not using that one. That's <laughs> yeah. not Sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, if I unlock something in a skill tree, 80% of the time I'll forget that I've unlocked it and then mm -hmm. I will never use it. Similarly in skill trees, I I never go down just one. I dot around like crazy and I've always done it in Borderlands and everything. There's like skills all over the shop and it annoys my boyfriend more than I think it it should because uh, he'll look at my skill trees and he's like why have you done that and I'm what like, well, is your build? I wanted extra health <laughs> but that was in the other skill trees that I had to go down and he just he annoys him so much um, so those are the things I there's definitely more things I refuse to do in games but those are just a few of them mm. for sure it's difficult to to write them I've I thought of several more since we've been having mm -hmm. this conversation yeah I have too like I never leave a room in the games where there are potentially pickups without uh, exploring every skirting single drawer, yeah, wall. skirting around everything. Mm -hmm. If there's a way I can go and a way I should go, I go the way I can go first mm -hmm. uh, every yeah. time. Anyway, in terms of things that I don't ever do, uh, or not, not necessarily ever, again, this is like four games that I'm not as invested in necessarily. I will not bother with side stuff sometimes like collectibles or optional like arenas like combat arenas mm -hmm. not interested in that whatsoever i hate combat side arenas. quests are, are fine but i think more and more especially actually horizon is my most recent uh touchstone for this uh they don't make you do this stuff no. anymore like especially if there's no major incentivization like trophies or a huge amount of xp or a really cool piece of armor that i really want I'm not really going to like it's rare that I'll see a game I'll, I'll see every single thing in a game because mm. life is too short there's too much going on in that game already and if I arrive at a village and someone says hey can you like 
can you like go get my sheep? I'm I'm gonna say no because I'm I'm actually really busy trying to save the world. See, yeah. I would I would never say no to a side quest. Like I will do every single side quest, mm-hmm. but I won't do like like battle arenas or that kind of thing. Yeah. If I don't have to, I won't do them. But if there's a if there's an icon on my map that's like a side quest, or if it's in my mission log, there is a side quest. I have to do it. Well, I see, have to finish it. I will sometimes actively avoid side quest givers if I've got more than three or four active in my log, mm. and I I know that I will do it eventually. Mm. But I'm like, I don't want ten side quests in my log, and I don't want the one that I started literally like two weeks ago and then forgot about i don't want to like go back and that person's house is still on fire and i'm like here's the water because that is kind of immersion breaking if nothing mm. else yeah so i i like to just do side, like accept side quests when i've got the time for them i'm like i'm in the market for side quest i go and speak to that person otherwise yeah. i'll just ignore them and say i'll come back later i collect every single side quest i encounter and then do them as what's closest to where i am <laughs> there are always exceptions uh to to these yeah i think the, the in terms of side quests the one that bucks the trend for me is borderlands games where i will accept every single side quest that's available as soon as it's available and then do them in bulk based mm-hmm. on the location yeah, that they're yeah. in which i think is a unique thing that sort of borderlands uh is good at uh compared to other rpgs uh, potentially because those areas are split up by loading screens. Mm. So it's just, what is in this area? Okay, I've got four quests there. Let's go do all of those and then turn them. Oh God, turning them all in at the same time. Oh, it's good, Forget about it? it. That's good. That's yeah. good stuff good right stuff. there. Um, but yeah, especially in bigger games, I just like side stuff. It's, it's just, it's just gristle on the steak you know i just i just want to i want to get to the meat of it because these games are so bloody big and unless there's a trophy i'm, I'm gonna run past your burning house i'm sorry i've got no time well it's time for something a little bizarre oh a little strange perhaps a little weird it's weird news oh. if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist visit juvederm.com that's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. If you'd like to submit weird video game news to us, you can do so on Twitter and Facebook by responding to the relevant post at the early mark of the week early march tuesday tuesday early march early march of the of the week uh if you want to guarantee your name being mentioned in the section however you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump and become a podcast producer such as nathan gy goliath nexus polaris duncan wilson nicole hansen that's me, Ellie Nicholas, Gabrielle Philippink, Melody L. Monet, Katie Garrett, and Blake Thomas. Thank, thank you, you podcast, podcast Thank you, producers. podcast producers. I always forget to do that. You two say it in sync, and then I go, thank you, podcast <laughs> thank producers. You, podcast producers. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you very much, podcast producers. Peter, have you got some weird news? I have. It was sent in by Jason R. at K-O-T-W-M on Twitter. Uh, it's according to SegaBits.com which is what happens when you smash up your Sega. You just get Sega bits everywhere, and it's you really do. bad. You do. Um, and it was written um, on the 26th of February by Big Elk. Big Elk, huh? Big Elk. Yeah, I'm not sure who that is. Graced by his presence. Hey, first article I get to write in 2023, finally. <gasps> Sega oh, bits appears some work. not to be a, a very highly professional um, outlet. Not necessarily. Mm. And, you know, he's a big elk. He's been busy doing winter yeah. stuff. Yeah, it, that's so. right. Probably hibernating or something. Is that what yeah. you just said? Hibernating? No. Oh, okay. Is <laughs> that the word hi- What are we doing? I don't think I said anything. Okay. Who's hibernating? Um, big elk is. Hey, first ask I get to write in 2023, finally. Pro. Oh, I'm not giving you the headline. No. Oh. <laughs> bits, bits. The Sega bits. Oh. Sega in the media, colon. Pro wrestler knocked out with a Sega Dreamcast? Question mark? Pro wrestling fans who tuned into... This is what it says. Pro wrestling fans who tuned into to Impact Wrestling's recent No Surrender event on February 24th, 2023, Mm -hmm. were in for quite a shock when it came time for the match between Joe Hendry and Quinn Moose Ojinaka. Ojinaka. Moose. We like a big elk. Know mm. that one. We do know that one. I made a music do video we? for Joe Hendry. Yes. Um, did you? Yes. Yeah, I did. Did uh, you? Yeah. Yes. Did you? Did you? Joe pulled out all the stops in this climactic battle using a variety of unlikely objects as weapons against the mighty moose, including a remote-controlled toy car, a computer keyboard, and a Sega dot dot dot. Dreamcast? Uh? Uh, I'd rather they used those objects than uh, barbed wire mm, yeah. and stuff like that. That's dangerous. Broken glass. Broken glass. The next sentence says, Yeah, you telling me you would have have done the same if you were in his shoes? <laughs> He's had some time off. He's oh. a bit rusty. Oh, big yeah. Elk. Big Elk, come on. Oh, Indeed, during this match, Moose attempted to taunt reigning champion Joe Hendry by flipping the bird at him. Bloody and he hell. did it in it, so this is important context. He did it in that way where you, you wind it up. <gasps> I'll do it with my index. Whoa, like Whoa. a 90s movie. Yeah, like that. Pretty cool. So he did that, and in immediate response, um, uh, 
Uh, Joe responded in kind by pulling out the beloved 128-bit dream machine and flipping the lid, i.e. opening the Dreamcast's dis- disk drive lid. Uh, so he held it up and he pressed the button and it went Bing. like that in the same way as the finger, you see? That's right. great. Right, okay. So he got him back. Uh, Moose, foolishly not intimidated by this display of awesome, undeniable power, mm. rushed in for a lariat. 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 Yes. Joe simply ducked beneath Moose's attack and countered by slamming the Dreamcast in Moose's face, not once, but twice, before putting it down to finish the fight without it. And in case you were wondering, Joe won the match and continues to hold on to the championship belt, and rightfully so. Come on, Joe. When you have a Sega Dreamcast, you're always a winner. So, on behalf of Sega Bits and Sega fans around the world, I congratulate Joe Hendry on his amazing victory and wish him the best in his future brawls. <laughs> Yours sincerely. Yeah. Big, Big Elk. elk. Um, oh, there is actually more to it. When I read this uh, upstairs, I don't think it had loaded all the article. Um, let me just see if anything else... Sega Bits does not recommend bludgeoning anyone with a Dreamcast. We instead recommend using a Sega Saturn. It's bigger, heavier, and can also flip its lid. And Segata Sanshiro will be proud. And with that, I leave you with this fitting edit of Joe's Dreamcast attack. And they've embedded a tweet, which I'm not going to press play on. So there you go. Wow. Joe Hendry. And the local hero. Local hero. That was weird. Yeah. I have some news as well. Go on. It comes from Lloyd Williams. Uh, And the main reason I wanted to read this is because it's just such a non-article that I just (laughs) thought it was weird. It's weird that they wrote it, maybe, more than the story. It comes from Nintendo Life. (gasps) Random! Shigeru Miyamoto's comments on what Nintendo will be like without him. Hint, it won't change much. Sick. End of article. That's it. Um, it's hard to overstate just how much of an impact Shigeru Miyamoto has had on Nintendo and the gaming industry at large. Indeed, without him, there would be no Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong, Star Fox, F-Zero, Pikmin, IP that, quite frankly, have made Nintendo what it is today. Or Wii Music. Yeah, so it's hard to imagine just what the company would be like without him. Thankfully, Miyamoto himself has a pretty good idea. In an interview with NPR, thanks Nintendo everything... Miyamoto spoke You're about welcome, the impact of Nintendo's games and how they have managed to capture the hearts of so many while moving on to what Nintendo might eventually look like without him. Is he retiring or something? Have I missed it? No, he's just talking because he's like 70. He was just right. talking about it. You know... I'll be dead soon. <laughs> I really feel like it's when not I'm going... Gone, don't... What is it? Oh, God, I just completely butched it. Carry on, Ashton. Doesn't okay. matter. You know, I really feel like it's M&M. not going to change it's probably going to be the same there's you know people at the executive team creators within the company and also people who create mario they all have the sense of what it means to be nintendo and so it's not like it's going to be a lot of different option opinions that go back and forth everyone has an understanding, an understanding this kind of shared understanding of what it is to be nintendo and so even when there's no new ideas that come up there's always the fact there's always the fact that it's a new idea but also the fact that it has to be the essence of Nintendo or not. It is like when a soldier boy said Atari like a thousand times. <laughs> and I think that's something, and I think that's something that, you know, we have this incredible shared vision, almost a little scary shared vision about this. So I think there won't, it's, so I think that, I think there won't, hyphen, it's not going to change. So basically, uh, then they carry on for another two, three paragraphs, uh, and that's it. That's it. Why did they make an article about that? That's I mean, weird, isn't he's it? He's probably right in that 
you might worry um, what something like The Last of Us would be like if a, a bunch of the, the team left. Or something that mm. has only had a couple of entries, something that's not that old, or Horizon, something like that. But Nintendo as a family and as a, an IP, there's just so much content that has been put out over the years that it's not like the magic formula is still hidden away in the back of like one artist's mind yeah it's actually out there and you know there's that much to go at that you you know i'm also curious just like why they asked him about it anyway they were like so you're gonna die soon what's it gonna look like once you die that's (laughs) not gonna retire before he dies probably maybe but he's in his 70s now like he needs to lie down he, I'm I wonder, sure he lies down. I do wonder how much they that he actually is involved now, or if they just roll him out for the uh, snaps. It's difficult to say. Yeah, he might he might have more of a PR role these days, but I imagine he still has a lot of insight and works closely mm. with the teams. But mm. maybe in a less hands on way than he mm. than he used to. But you're right. Like Nintendo is several generations deep now. We're probably two or three generations of developers in who grew up playing Nintendo games. Yeah. So everybody knows what's going on. It's not like. They're Someone not going to come out with Mario's for... like has a sex scene in the next Mario. Well, you know, you we know. can we can all hold out hope. hope. Yeah, we can crossed. we yeah. can hope that happens, but it's not like someone you know leaving the top of an Ubisoft studio, you mm. know, because that they could make. I mean, they don't make you know many different things, but no. <laughs> that's a bad. You know what? Actually, that's a bad example. <laughs> uh, but it's not who's going to put the map markers on now? <laughs> no, Shigeru. The come question back. marks. Also, life expectancy in Japan, I believe, is pretty high. So yeah, he'll be yeah. doing all right. He's got fish. 30 years left in him. They're going to load him into an AI and mm. he's going to live forever. Yeah, delicious. I've got a weird news. Oh, yeah. This is from Cameron Keywood, at Cameron underscore Keywood on Twitter. This is from VG247, written by Dom Peplet. And they have Peplet. said... Peplet. And no, Pepiat. Sorry, oh, Pepiat. And they've said... Peplet. A small pet. Why I pet Final Fantasy 16's gonna have Geordies in it. Hadaway man, as if the Japanese developers at Square Enix looked to the British North to find inspiration for one of its key fictional regions. Mm. Was the my accent good? I've lived here for a while now. It was really good. I was intrigued by how they spelled Why I man in the headline of that because it's I- W-E-Y. W-E-A. That's is that, not right. Is that right? I, I would have said it would have been know. W-Y-E. Why I? Oh, there's an additional yeah. secret sub- subject header that says Ganning Yem. Ganning Yem. Yeah, that's fun. If you're not familiar, that means going home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 is very British. It's very much the sort of game that comes after the blockbuster TV success of Game of Thrones. Everything is bleak. There are lots of big battles. Your main character has a direwolf type pet that's bound to him by blood, and there are pissed off Yorkshiremen everywhere. <laughs> The developers, in an interview with VG247, were candid about the inspiration Game of Thrones had on the title. It's popular fantasy fiction that dealt with its political and interpersonal themes adeptly. Of course, it was going to be impactful. In an hour-long demo of the game, I played as protagonist Clive as he fought his way through... Yes, I know. That is very Japanese. Cloud. Uh, Clive. As he fought his way through one of the early game dungeons. Companion character, the AI-controlled Sid, was at our side the uh, the whole way through. Sid spelt... I would say not the English way. No, Sid is in every Final Fantasy CID. game, though. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's always a, sta- a Sid. That's a staple. Mm. Sid is played by the gravel-voiced Yorkshire actor Ralph Einson. Innocent. 
It, ju- he's just an innocent Ralph. He's <laughs> just a normal Ralph. <laughs> Who you may recognize as Dagmar Cleftjaw in Game of Thrones or William in The Witch. Dagmar Cleftjaw? Who Dagmar Cleftjaw. I have no idea. You could show me a photo of him and I'd know who he is. But I don't know who it. these people are. Don't tell me their names. Cleftjaw. He sounds like he's been smoking 20 a day since he was six or using Pebble Dash as mouthwash, and it really suits his character, a gruff, disenfranchised knight looking despairingly on at the crumbling world around him. Oh, I recognise this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, him. Um, Chris Finch from The Office. Yes. Who does the Datcha adverts. The Datcha range. Yes. He has got a very low yeah. voice. That's good. That was mm. a good impression. Mm. One thing that we wanted to do right from the beginning was get the tone of the fantasy right, says localization director. You ready for this good name? Michael Christopher Koji Fox. Michael Christopher Koji Fox. Oh. His Koji first name Fox. is hyphenated, Michael Christopher. Mm. And then it says Koji Fox. Michael Christopher Koji Fox. <laughs> Michael Christopher Koji English Fox. surname. Ever. Michael Christopher Koji Fox. Koji Fox. When we ask him, when we ask him why the team focused so specifically on this sort of British high fantasy in Final Fantasy 16, there is the tech. And I read this article by the way, and it made me so happy because he identifies so many issues that I feel like I'm the only person who takes issue with in so many games. There is the tendency to go, oh, it's fantasy, let's make it British English. But then it's just kind of all over the place. International audiences might hear it and think, yeah, okay, but people from the UK will hear a line or something and think there is no way that person would actually say that or that's just an American doing a terrible UK accent. That annoys me all mate. the time. Mate. Mate. Oh, Caron, mate. <laughs> we didn't want that to happen. We wanted to create something that was going to feel authentic for everyone, especially the players and people in the UK. Those players that are familiar with the different accents. And so when deciding on accents for the different areas we made, we have our rules. People from Dalmekia are going to have this type of accent, and we would get voice actors that specialized in those accents or are from those areas. Uh, there are a variety of warring nation states across the vast crystal-powered land of Valistia. It lists some of them now. I'm going to skip through this. Uh, Where blah, the Geordies blah, blah. live. So there's a lot going on, and it's important to Fox, Koji Fo- sorry, Michael, Christi- Michael Christopher <laughs> Koji Fox, mm. uh, and the rest of the de- development team that each realm has its own unique identity, and that goes beyond visual aesthetics and imagery. We decided that people from the north are going to be Geordie, laughs Fox. We've got a bunch of great Geordie actors. We have some characters that will, you know, you're going to be hearing this great Geordie accent, and this is really, really deep and serious game. But it works so well. It works because we didn't want it to be gimmicky. We wanted it to be something... Uh, we wanted it to be something that fit the world and felt consistent throughout. So it's not just the one random Geordie in the middle of the game for no reason. People from this area are all using this pronunciation. And people from this area are all using this other pronunciation. So that if you listen really closely, you can tell by, you know, the dialect that, that character's using. Oh, this character is from Sanbrique. This character is from Dalmekia. I personally would really like there to have been only one Geordie in the game and you have to find him. Yeah. So it goes on yeah. like that, but that Maybe fills me. Uh, not only is that a great headline <laughs> that we might find Michael Jugson yeah. in the middle, of, uh, in the north of Final Doing Fantasy, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that there's going to be some consistency throughout. Because even if you're not from the UK, having you can hear the difference in regional accents, mm-hmm. and having yeah. them localized to areas only makes sense. The article goes on to say that they're they're even like including idioms and metaphors that are used oh, nice. in certain areas that they've you know. <laughs> They've they've localized properly. Are they going to say, "Would you like a bap? Would you like a roll?" A yeah, they're going to be a bread cake. Six different terms for a bread roll. Who yeah. who knows? But uh, yeah, Geordie's Final Fantasy sixteen confirmed. 
it reminds me a bit of The Witcher 3 and what they did so well, where there was that one town that was full of people from Birmingham. Mm. It was amazing. It was so good. And then there weren't any others. Oh, my God. Uh, it was brilliant. But the Birmingham land. Of... I, I, that was one of the God. main big things Final I liked. Final Fantasy. <laughs> one of the big things I liked about The Witcher oh, was God. how good the localization was. And, the, you know, that's great. We're going to have Geordies in Final Fantasy. Yeah. How exciting. Very I hope exciting. there's lots of bridges where they're from. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Kitty Wakes. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so many pooing They'll birds. be final bosses, I think. Mm. It's time for question three. It's from Michael Milan, who says, Hi, Obap. My girlfriend is unable... <laughs> My girlfriend is unable to play first-person games as over prolonged time they make her nauseous. We looked into it, and it turns out it's not uncommon. What's interesting to see is how games like the new Resident Evils show off the ability to have first-person and third-person modes, though this is touted more as a neat feature than a matter of accessibility. Should more games over multiple perspective... Uh, I should say offer. Should more games offer multiple perspective options for the sake of accessibility? Are some games inherently tied to their perspective? Thank you, Michael. Thank, Thank you, you Michael. Michael. I think options are always a good thing. It's an answer that we've given for different questions over the the years we've been doing this podcast. I mean, the more the merrier, you know, being able to play with different perspectives and with different, whether it's, whether we're talking accessibility or not, even just, you know, being able to customize your HUD or do whatever, whatever you like. Womp. Uh, womp, womp. Yeah. Uh, is, is all great. Um, obviously <laughs> some options aren't possible because there's just not the development time to add certain things in mm. but in this case i mean i've played games that offer first and third person modes i remember the one that for some reason immediately comes to mind is um battlefront um that did star wars battlefront had mm, um, mm-hmm. the option to go third person bethesda rpgs as well bethesda mm-hmm. rpgs yeah you're right uh, i don't think i've ever played those in third person no it does not work it's not well. good no um i mean I don't know. I'm not a developer, so I don't know how much extra work it is to actually implement that as uh, an option. I have seen on Boundary Break how first-person shooters are done, where you just ha- you do literally have a gun hovering with a hand on it, mm. um, and it's not necessarily where you would expect it to be in relation to your character model. So if you're in a multiplayer game, a multiplayer first-person game like Halo, for example, you can have two models looking at each other and you can see that model holding a gun but the gun that they're seeing from their perspective is like up here or like over here for the Mm. illusion so there's probably a a lot more that goes into it well i know there is a lot more that goes into it than um simply just moving the camera up to the eyes so if it's possible it should definitely be an option especially given that there is this accessibility issue with people getting nausea from it so uh yeah i think that's worth worth doing wherever possible but are games some games inherently tied to their perspective certainly in terms of immersion they can be um but i don't think i can't think of a game uh, immediately that comes to mind that would be completely ruined if you took it out of third person first person and went into third person um, i'm sure there are a couple that mechanically are tied to the first person but um yeah you, you lose a bit of immersion but probably a lot of games it's still going to be engaging to play in third person i, I would imagine mm. i've had very much the same thought of like i couldn't think of a game where like if you weren't playing it in first person it would actively ruin the experience apart from vr games but if you get like 
yeah. motion sick from first person. Probably not playing VR <sighs> games. Moss is one of the few exceptions, isn't it, where you're sort of playing in third person. Yeah, so yeah and you're true. kind of stationary, so it's yeah. not as bad. You're like and there, I guess there are some... Person. Mm. There would be some first person perspective-based puzzle games where you have to like look and line <laughs> up. And th there are Portal some... wouldn't work, I don't think. Uh, no, probably I mean, you not, could still... No. A portal would Allah. make you feel sick for several other reasons. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, how? Yeah, the camera get, actually going through the portal would would be tricky. But yeah, there are some mm. first person puzzle based games where you have to actually look at a scene, like super liminal. Like, yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. So that would. Really yeah, work. but there's like the vast majority of kind of like those first person games that, like the Resident Evils, for example, yeah. work just as well in third person as they do in first person. The fact that like. You know that you can play Village now in third person. It doesn't necessarily take away, but like sometimes it takes away maybe a little bit of the spook factor, and maybe it's not quite as like, you know, intense when they're like actively speaking to your character or doing stuff in the just general playing, not in the cutscenes. But I like most of the time you're probably fine to play in third person if you can play the originals in third person they're still scary so like you don't lose that much but i do think it would benefit like people in general to be able to change perspective and like i say a lot of games do have that ability to play in different perspectives which is great but um i mean a lot of story games that i really like a lot of narrative games are in third person your god of wars your horizons your last of us is there's not as many first person games in general that i play that i'm like really upset that it's not in third person or vice versa like most of the time i just like how it comes but yeah i think that there should be more offers for changing perspectives mm, for yeah. people i agree you know games should be available to as many people as possible um I do think that it's perhaps one of the more challenging things for developers to integrate purely as a uh, as an accessibility feature because it's not out of the realm of possibility. And a lot of games, as you guys have said, have first and third person modes. However, those aren't there for the sake of accessibility. They're just there to offer up an alternative yeah. viewpoint. Mm -hmm. for, if, if it were to be developed with accessibility in mind... Uh, that would probably add on a lot of uh, development time and the budget would increase a, a great deal as well, I imagine, as well. Just if it was not planned from the start and it was just, you know, we're going to include this for accessibility's sake. That's not to say we won't get there because, look, I mean, look how far we've come just in the past few years alone in terms of accessibility features. Mm -hmm. uh, however, I, I would say that I, I do think that it's rare for a game to offer first and third person perspectives and for that first and third person perspective to be as good as a game that has a dedicated first person mm. perspective or yeah. a dedicated third person perspective. Um, almost like, you know, you are kind of splitting the resources. You're splitting how your game is played and, mm -hmm. and some, you know, first person really immersive games, I think, would would suffer a bit in, in third person. Again, it doesn't mean it shouldn't be offered as an alternative and that it's recommended you play in first person if you want the intended experience but it is going to require a great deal of problem solving on the uh on the on the developer's part to even potentially make that work in the in the first place and it's I appreciate that the people like Michael's uh, girlfriend who can't play these first person games at all 
are not missing out on the first person experience because they're not, they're not able to yeah. play it mm. even a little bit. So there's no reason why you could, apart from the reasons that we've all stated, that you you couldn't offer both and just say, hey, the first person perspective is what we're advertising. That That is the intended experience. But there is a third person perspective version that's admittedly not quite as good. But mm. it will mean that you're still able to experience the game in some fashion. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you're a PC player, a lot of the time there's like mods that make first person, third person, or third person, first person. So there's options. And also, like, I wonder what it is that makes people feel nauseous in first person and whether, like, mm. adjusting things like the FOV mm. would help. Yeah. Like, it's an interesting... Motion blur and things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting thing to kind of, like, what is it about first person? Because I know that, like, it happens to some people, but it's strange that it doesn't always happen. Like, my boyfriend gets really bad motion sick, but he can play fine in VR, which is mm. weird. Oh, really? That, yeah. yeah. A lot of so, people have to turn off the the walking thing. Yeah, though, where you just I mean, I do too. Your location because VR, but I I'm, like prefer that. But I'm fine, like genuinely fine with that. Uh, mm. I don't like the because because there's lots of options. You know, they're still trying to solve that in VR. There's lots of options where you're either teleporting or you're rotating at angles, like you're just clicking. I don't like that. Yeah. No, I I prefer to have Resident it as Evil smooth as as possible. Like I I'm really genuinely okay with that, and a lot of people aren't, and it's it's a really difficult thing to solve for. But mm. I haven't heard about the first person. Uh, just generally first person no. making people uh, mm, feel no. unwell before. Well, it's time to move on to something rather large. Mm. I hope you're all ready. It's called The Big Discussion. It's The Big Discussion. It's The Big Discussion. It's Big Discussion time. Time for The Big Video Game Discussion. This week coming courtesy of Jens Herman, who says, Hi there, boy, girl, and boy. We recently had a Pokemon Presents with the long-awaited Pokemon Sleep... <coughs> excuse me, Pokemon Sleep being finally revealed. The five people who like the idea outside of the memes are finally happy. What do you think of a game that plays itself while you sleep? I think it goes too far. Gaming time is gaming time and napping time is napping time. I also think that after using it like three times, people will get bored. Kiss, kiss and bye bye. Thanks, kiss. Jens. Thank you, Jens. Uh, so I've got a little itinerary here of the things that were announced at Pokemon Presents. Uh, by all accounts, quite disappointing. Can I just say, I was reading through these articles and there was like four or five things that they were talking about that I have never heard of before. Me too. Is that uh, by any chance uh, Pokemon Unite? Yeah. Pokemon Cafe? Yeah. And Pokemon Masters X? Yes. Yes. No, I had not heard of those either. Uh, we will, I'll get into those in a second. Okay. But yeah, there was uh, not a lot that people really wanted. No. Uh, the highlight, I think, for most people was the DLC announcement for Pokemon on uh, Scarlet and Violet mm -hmm. and Pokemon Sleep, which we will get into momentarily. Yes. So here we go. Uh, the Pokemon World Championships date was announced. A legendary Pokemon, Zacian or Zacian from Pokemon Sword, is officially coming to MOBA, Pokemon Whoa. Unite. Pokemon Cafe Remix is getting DLC based on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Six new classic Pokemon trainers are appearing in a rally in Pokemon Masters X, which is apparently a mobile gacha strategy game. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are getting DLC, delivering two major story expansions to the games later this year. The first will be available in autumn and is called The Teal Mask. Additionally, Pokemon Go Plus Plus yeah. was announced. Uh, the new gadget is designed to work with Pokemon Sleep and, of course, Pokemon Go and will be available on July the 21st this year. A Pikachu inside the device will sing players lullabies and get friendlier the more sleep the trainer gets. It was horrible. Uh, <laughs> as for its Pokemon Go functionality, Pika, the device Pika, will finally... Pika, no. Pika, Pika. Why isn't it a Jigglypuff? 
The device, that's a great point. The device will finally allow players to catch Pokemon and spin Pokestops automatically, a feature that's otherwise only been available through third-party alternatives. And I have finally, so many questions about how that's going to work. What's that? Because it says, you don't even have to get your phone out. How do you know you're at a Pokestop? How do you know you've got to throw it knows. a ball? It's how plus, do you know plus. that? It's got that plus-plus technology. Plus, plus. Plus, plus. Plus, plus. Uh, finally, originally announced in 2019 and slated for a 2020 release, Pokemon Sleep was officially re-revealed during the event with a release window of summer 2023. The app will track your sleeping patterns and will show you different sleep styles of the many different pocket monsters you can encounter in the game. It aims to turn sleeping into entertainment by having a player's time spent sleeping at the time they wake up affect the gameplay, letting players wake up with Pokemon every morning. Oh. So this is for children. Yeah. The advert did not have any children. It had in it. adults. It had fully grown adults in it. They have done things like this before with their like the teeth cleaning mm. game mm. app thing as well, which is obviously intended for children. You know, it's meant to incentivize that, and potentially this could incentivize children to go to sleep. Again, though, they sort of know the kind of people who are going to use this app, and it's fully grown people. Yeah. Um, what? Why? I don't know. And I don't understand how this works because it, 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 it's one of two things that's happening here and both of them I don't like. Either it is not actually picking up any biorhythms or anything because it was just a little pokey I don't think it is. I think bed. it literally, you just you press, you press it, it, say, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep and then you press it when you wake up. In which case, I could just cheat if I wanted to or, <laughs> mm -hmm. I could, you know, it's not going to be super accurate. And what happens if, if I'm lying awake all night? Yeah for six hours and then I press it when I get up in the morning because I've not slept. What, do I get six hours worth of, hey, you slept for six hours. So if that is how it works, that's a bit rubbish. You just get, poke, you get Pikachu singing you well, lullabies yeah, for six, six hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's how it works, that's rubbish. Or alternatively, if it was in some way like, you know. Monitoring uh, your sleep. Yeah, if it had like a microphone, it was like listening to your breathing or, or whatever, um, then that's a little bit sinister. I don't really like the idea of that. So mm. either way, this just seems a bit stupid. Mm. The only part of it that I didn't like is when they said they're making sleep entertainment or entertainment for your sleep or something. Yeah. That filled me with that filled sleep. me with like That's what I dystopian yeah. fear that I was like, no, actually. I don't want you to entertainment gamify my sleep, thanks. It's gimmicky. It's already hard enough to sleep with all the distractions of mm, world, the yeah. world. Anyway, I don't need to also have Pikachu singing me to sleep because I'm, I want to get a snore out. I'm not trusting this bloody app to wake me up with the Pokemon alarm. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to crash. The Poke alarm. The Poke alarm. Mm -hmm. It's going to flip in crash at like three in the morning and it's not yeah. going to wake me up. Yeah. I'm, not I'm not keeping this... This app that will make my phone hot. Yeah. All night. It will burn open. Snorlax into your I'm screen. not going to do that. There's already apps that do that. Like, I think uh, I, most iPhones have it built in. You can, like, do a sleep tracking yeah. thing and it will, like, monitor the quality of the sleep you're getting. I'm concerned enough about what Apple is doing with that data. Yeah. Why does Professor Oak need to know how well and how long I'm sleeping for? What are they going to do with this information? It's really weird. Pass it mm. on to, are they going to sell it to people? You Presumably, know? you have to opt into that stuff at the start yeah. when you open it. But I have a little more information about what how it actually works from Pokemon Sleep's website. Yeah. Do you find yourself struggling to get energized in the morning? Has the same yeah. old bedtime routine grown tiresome? 
No. No. Now you can turn your sleep into entertainment with Pokemon Sleep. Playing this game is simple. Just place your smartphone by your pillow, then go to sleep. Just like that, waking up in the morning because becomes something to look forward to. Jesus, oh, God. Right. Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon, I wish I had God. never woken up. Your adventure takes place on a small island where you'll carry out research on how Pokemon sleep. You'll work with large Snorlax who live on the island and... Neroli, a professor who's studying Pokemon sleep styles. I have a question. Yes. Is it a game if all you have to do is sleep? No. 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 Because, no. like, how do you. They're like, the playing of the game is just sleeping. Well, what do I do once I've slept and they've got the Pokemon? Well, how else are they going to answer Do I just hey. turn the app off for 12 hours and then at the morning, at night time, I say, oh, got to play my but Pokemon? If they don't call it a game, they'll have to be honest about what it is, which is an app that tracks and collects information about how much you're sleeping yeah. and is just an alarm. Yeah. That's that's kind of it. Rest your very best, it says. Place your smartphone by your pillow when you go to bed to record and measure your sleep. The longer you sleep, the higher your score in the morning, and the more Pokemon you'll see appear around Snorlax. Your nights of sleep will be classified as one of three sleep styles, dozing, snoozing, or slumbering, which are all synonyms. And in the morning, Pokemon that sleep in similar ways will come gather around Snorlax. You may even discover a Pokemon sleeping in a rare style you'd never even get to see normally, it says. Each Pokemon has a number of different sleep styles, so see how many you can discover to complete your sleep style decks. Is I there a Pokemon that has cats that will have like mm. was woken up multiple times by yeah. cats yeah <laughs> meowth yeah i now have a question if yes. i press i am going to sleep <laughs> to sleep yeah uh and then don't press i've woken up for two days <laughs> will cool it nine, 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 nine. Yeah. i don't know what if you say you're going to sleep and then get on the metro yeah, yeah. well what's it gonna do what if you're having a nap in the middle of the day Mm. And by that I mean, what if I have to do work for an hour and yes. I press the sleep button? Do I come back in an hour with? Have you done well? Yeah. Did I do well? And does it like because it doesn't say it records and what's the phrase that it uses? It records and measures your sleep. Records and measures, which um, implies it's doing something. Is that what it says? Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna find out. Yes, uh, go to bed to record and measure your sleep. And there were little like there was a little graph on it. At some yeah, point. and there was like different things. It's like how do you, how do you sleep? But how does it know if I'm dozing, slumbering, or whatever? Snoozing. The, snoozing. I think how that might just be know? the duration of how long you're asleep. Yeah, because this is the thing. Like one. If you're going to do something, do it properly. And if you're going to steal our data about sleep, do it properly. Be honest about you it. Know? Just, Commit you know, to yeah, it. Yeah, do just, TikTok too. Might as well yeah. just film me as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why not? Set it up so Snorlax They're can like, watch me sleep. In order to get to know that you're sleeping, you have to set up a camera that points at your face yes. to prove that you're sleeping, which someone will watch to make sure. And if, <laughs> and if like, you are going to do this stupid thing, then, like, don't make it so goddamn creepy. Like, do, mm. like... Focus. I don't While think there's a way, there's your phone not a way will, to make it not. No, creepy. but if you're doing like instead of doing your sleep, mm. say like Do while you're focusing yeah well that's oh, what pokemon go is well, isn't it yeah. but like if you, so like you, your phone is open on the snorlax app yes. and while that's happening you can't use your phone and it's yeah. like congrats you focused for two hours without using your phone i was and on my desktop yeah yes. i was just doing that but they don't know that no. and like now you've got a little pikachu that when you press the button it'll go Congratulations, you focused. <laughs> Pika, Pika. There, because I, I don't want to be asleep. I can <laughs> guarantee that day one, there will be dozens and dozens of help and guide articles telling you how to unlock the different sleep styles and the sort of movements that you should be doing. Mm. And how, exactly like 
you have to press the button, go to sleep for four hours yeah. and t- twenty minutes, because and then. It's- it's gamified because you've got <laughs> nice. to you've got to discover all the sleep styles to complete your sleep style deck. So it's encouraging you to it's not encouraging sleep well you yeah. to sleep in different ways. It's also encouraging you to never wake up because you know the longer you sleep, the higher your score yeah. apparently. And uh, as for Pokemon Go Plus Plus, researching Pokemon sleep styles is even easier when you use Pokemon Go Plus Plus, which allows you to keep track of your sleep with the press of a button. Pokemon Go Plus Plus uses Bluetooth low energy technology to link with Pokemon sleep. When it's time for bed, just hold the device central button place it by your pillow and then go to sleep not only will pokemon go plus plus help measure your sleep data but pi- help measure your sleep data but pikachu's familiar voice can give you cute prompts when no. it's time to wake up or go I'm to sorry. sleep pikachu is not going to wake me up every morning i sleep through five alarms that play music out of my spotify that i've picked a specific song that is like hardcore so it wakes me up and every day i sleep through six of them there ain't no way the pikachu going hey time to pika, wake pika, up pika. Pika. Oh, wake your ass oh, never up! Mind. You go back to sleep. Oh, yeah, I hate it. I Looks hate like it. you're slumbering. And Dozing. also, yeah. if doze is an option, yeah. who the flip is like? Oh, I need. I just need forty minutes. I'm knackered. I'm just gonna have a quick. Oh, where's my where's my where's Pokemon my Pokemon plus, plus, go plus plus? <laughs> I need it. I need it. I'm knackered. Where is it? If I if I doze, I need to, I need to catch the. What are the squirrels? Onita. Yeah. Yeah. Squirrel only doses. Ridiculous. It's out in the summer. Uh, when I want it, I'm going to download it. When it does release, we will do a podcast where it's sat on the desk and we will see. <laughs> we'll, we'll sleep for two we'll hours. Just, we'll yeah. just see what happens. Uh, but what do you think? Are you going to get Pokemon Sleep? Um, it's certainly, you know, it's inoffensive. It's a in thing. That it's not going to cost money, probably. And you could take it or leave it. It's obviously designed for kids. But you can't deny that it's a bit strange. Mm. So let us know if you're going to let the Pokemon Company have your sleep data. Uh, in the comments below. Also, let us know what you thought of the other things that we discussed today. Peter mm. is going to tell you some places that we're available on the internet if you want to get involved. YouTube.com and twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump videos on YouTube and streams on both. And when we're streaming on both, we are modded by Lord Rotovich, Trowling Badger and Mr. Black. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, if you've got Amazon Prime, part of the bundle that you're paying for right now already includes a Twitch sub, which you can spend on us. And then you get all the usual benefits of being subscribed at no extra cost. Twitter.com and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump for video and live stream announcements, legacy video content, uh, Twitch stream highlights of the week, bits of weird news, loads of stuff. It's all put there by Fraser. Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, Fraser. Talk.com forward slash at Team Triple Jump if you want to look at our TikToks and again, provide data to generally the Asian area. Um, you know, it's not the Chinese Communist Chinese, Party. The Chinese Communist Party, which is different to the Pokemon Company, legally speaking, but geographically, you know, it is east in, of here. It is east of here, or west of here, <laughs> or west on, of on here. How far yeah. you go? Um, Unless you think the world is flat, the world is flat. Mm, the Earth, the, is flat. the globe is flat. <laughs> Unless what you think the blue are we talking about now? Right? Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump if you want to pay actual money for this rubbish. Hey, um, hey, 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 come on now. No, please do. If you support us on Patreon, we'll get better. Um, <laughs> we can't make that promise. There are loads of tiers available with lots of different rewards. So. But there'll be more tiers if you don't yes. listen yeah. and support us. No more look, tiers. I'm crying now. Yeah. Um, so head to Patreon and have a look at all the different options. We have a website. It's triplejuu.mp. Spells jumps very clever. If you want to join our Discord, go to triplejuu.mp forward slash Discord. I'm modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Hollow Eyes on there. And if you do something, 
bloody well doing. Also, don't come into the Discord and start posting weird stuff. No. Yeah. You're not technically breaking rules, but you're making everyone uncomfortable and you're on a watch list. Mm. We yeah, do talk we about you. Yeah, we watch you. So talk just behave. About you yeah. But not in a good way. So don't do it for attention. No, no. don't. Um, if you want to listen to the podcast in its audio forms, maybe if you want to go to sleep listening to this podcast and we can get your data about how well pika, you dozed pika, off. Pika. Uh, go to triplejet.map forward slash podcast and if you want to watch any of our live stream VODs go to triplejet.map forward slash VODs to book a cameo from any of us and James Jenkins go to triplejet.map forward slash cameo and if you want to buy some second call merch like this this isn't available anymore I don't no think. it's not this was a limited time oh it's all the way there, it, there, is. It, is. there <laughs> it is you can go to triplejumpshop.com and make sure you're following at triplejumpshop on twitter Yes, indeed. Why not follow Peter and Ashton on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. It's been six days since I've tweeted. Mm. Just got nothing to say. It's been ages wow. since I've Instagrammed, but really? I do occasionally. Do come and follow us, though. Numbers are important for mm. some reason. Uh, why not <laughs> check out our list? That's not how I usually say it. We do them every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We also stream every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream. Plays it on YouTube. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday. We do shows all the bloody time. Come check them out. Why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice? That's free. It doesn't cost anything, and it helps a lot. Something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Mm. Thank you. Uh, a couple of things out this week, Ashton. Yes. Uh, the March gaming forecast came out on Tuesday. Mm. That's everything, probably not every game ever that's coming out the in March. Ones. But the big ones that are coming out in March in one handy dandy video, including Game Pass and PlayStation Plus. So, mm. hey, check that out. Is that on the podcast feed yet? No. Okay, we'll sort that in a minute. It'll be on the podcast feed by the time you listen to this. Yes. But you should watch the video too. Mm -hmm. Peter? We've also got a Worst Games Ever damnation blooming oh. hell you can't darn thank you that darned nation you know that one yeah. yeah I think we say that in the video so I'll stop um, but you can go and check that out worst games ever damnation we tried to play this game a while back and it we couldn't it didn't go well so uh, yeah. but we managed this time and wow it was uh, I wish we hadn't um, so <laughs> it's our first Xbox 360 game mm. that we've done at Triple Jump and remember uh, it's too late now for this episode but you can get this uh, you can get it on a Friday yesterday at time of release of this podcast by being a patron of a certain tier but it's not too late because if you wanted to on Patreon today, weirdest games ever is also available it comes out next week for everyone else oh. and so it's on there now so you should check it out if you want to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump mm -hmm. Peter just enough time to tell us this week's sponsor again please yeah um, if you want to play as the 23rd toucan rescued by the WWF this year or I don't know they probably rescued 23 toucans this year you can play WWF toucan 23 soon brilliant thank you so much for watching everybody sleep well and we'll catch you next time. Pika. Pika. Bye. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com 
slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.